Hello and welcome again to another edition of Lost in Science across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This is half an hour on your radio where we will talk about all things science And on the show this week, I'm going to have a look at hiccups. Well, not have a look at hiccups because there's not much to see except people sort of jerking a little bit every few seconds when they've got the hiccups. Um, for those listening at home, Stu was then just jerking every few seconds. Yeah. Uh, we all know what hiccups look like, but I'm going to actually talk about what, what they are and why... Why? Well, is there a cure for hiccups? Basically, that's my question. Everyone's got. Their Everyone's own, got their everyone's own. Everyone's got their oh, own. I've, cure. Got, I've got a foolproof cure that yeah. always works. Oh, for me, me yeah. too. Me yeah. too. Absolutely, everyone has one that always works for them. Yeah, except but, when it doesn't. <laughs> but we're going to find out if there is an actual cure uh, later on in the show. Chris, what are you going to be t- talking to us about? Talking, I'm going to be talking at people. Well, I've been uh, doing an occasional series called How Do They Work? It was obviously inspired by the famous question from the insane clown, clown posse of magnets, how do they work? And I've been avoiding, I guess, putting off tackling the big question, which is magnets, how do they work? Today, I'm going to talk about magnets and how they work. Excellent. I, I have always wondered. Yes. Yeah. Although I think I'm, I pretty, have, yeah. I'm pretty well across it. But for all those people who wonder how is the magic of magnets possible, Chris will address that later on. I'm going to take the magic out of your world. Yeah. Because <laughs> it isn't really magic, is it? Or is it? Is that going to be your story? No, it's even better than magic. <laughs> it's, it's so much better than magic. It's way better than magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On with the show.
General, we look for new law by the following process. First, we guess it. <laughs> then we com... So don't laugh, that's really true. Then we compute the consequences of the guess to see what, if this is right, if this law that we guess is right, we see what it would imply. And then we compare those computation results to nature. Or we say compare to experiment or experience, compare it directly with observation to see if it, if it works. If it disagrees with experiment, it's wrong. In that simple statement is the key to science. It doesn't make a difference how beautiful your guess is, it doesn't make a difference how smart you are who made the guess, or what his name is. If it disagrees with experiment, it's wrong. That's all there is to it. So can I ask, have either of you got a cure for hiccups? A remedy for I, hiccups that works? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought you'd you never want, ask. Do you want to tell us what it is? Well, mine is um, uh, drinking water upside down. How? Oh, yep. What? Yep, yep. Yeah, so um, you get a cup of water and instead of putting your mouth um, on the front part, you put it on the back part and then you, and then you tip it the other way um, so you're drinking it upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Great, so your chin goes in the glass. So your chin glows in the glass? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've, 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 done, I've done this myself. I've, I've had this suggested as a remedy. Chris, what's your, uh, your remedy? Oh, mine, is, mine, mine works, but it is, people hate it. It's like it's, um, it's the most boring remedy ever. And simply don't hiccup. Well, if you, yeah, that, that would work every time. Yeah, so, but no, the idea, the principle is that, you know, it's, it's very hard to stop a whole series of hiccups. But if you say, I can concentrate, I'm going to stop my, the next hiccup. And if you can stop that one hiccup, then you've beaten the whole series. So it's just learning to control your own reflexes. You say, just one, I'll just do one. Okay, so you're breaking it down into smaller parts. But then what, how are you breaking, like, how are you actually tackling the next one? Because it's involuntary. No, but the thing is, once you've beaten the first one, then you've broken the you've broken the spell. But how do you beat the first one? You're just trying really hard. Okay, you just like so you, just yeah, clenching. Chris's okay. solution is you wish away the hiccups. Basically, <laughs> it, works, like it, it works. It works. It, it works. Is full so proof. everyone, everyone does have a surefire cure of hiccups that works every time for them, except when it doesn't. Um, but I was asked the other day: Is there a medical scientific cure for hiccups? Um, so first of all, we should look at what a hiccup is. Uh, in medicine, a hiccup has its own special name. It's called a syngultus. Bet you didn't know that. Why is it called that? I have no idea. Okay. It's just a, that, that's just a that's medical just term. A is that with a C or an S? It's with an S. Hmm. Um, and what it is, is a sudden contraction of the diaphragm and intercostal muscles, which are so around in your, in your lungs, in okay. your abdomen. Uh, and... 
and that's also accompanied by a sudden closing of the glottis in the throat. So you have that hiccup thing that everyone gets. You just did a really good impression of a person with the hiccups. Yeah, Stu. yeah, I've mm. had them a few times myself. Yeah. Um, so why does why does, why do we have this reflex? Why does this exist? And the real answer is nobody actually knows. Nobody can say for sure why we have this ability to get the hiccups. Um, it might What's be an ability, is it? Well, <laughs> it's an ability. Our body is able to do it, so it's an ability. It's not a particularly helpful ability, but do it we, is an ability. Do we know at least what, like, how we we get it? Like, in what circumstances? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot is. of causes, but but the reason that we have it have the have the capability of right. getting the hiccups is unknown. It might be it could some just be kind side of, effect of something else. Well, possibly, but it might be some kind of fetal lung training aspect of it. So when the fetus is developing, it's learning to train its lungs or it's possibly stopping from inhaling amniotic fluid okay. in utero. So next time I hiccup, I'll be like, oh, it's just my fetal lung training playing up yeah, again. Yeah, that's it. Paying off. Or, yeah, well. <laughs> or off, yes. Or it might date back to uh, our amphibian ancestry. Um, amphibians have a similar function that stops them inhaling water. So little tadpoles swimming around have gills, and then when they come out as frogs, then they have lungs. So at some point, they're actually stopping inhaling. But that's that's just a theory. Well, you're basically wondering, like, do, do then do all other animals have hiccups? Do, do dogs hiccup? No. Okay, well, that cats throws and that rats, up. Cats and rats hiccup. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But not all animals do. So it seems like the amphibian one is a bit of a stretch. Mm. I really wish we had some other amphibian um, hang- hangovers. Like like what? Like a long tongue or something. What, catch re- Regenerating limbs. Rege- <laughs> yes. That would be handy. That would be great. Start off life as a tadpole instead. That would be cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so the sensation of hiccups for most people is not terribly painful or uncomfortable. Uh, it's more just annoying and... After a prolonged episode, though, it could become increasingly distressing. So some patients have reported continuous bouts of hiccups lasting years. Terrifying. Yeah, I remember I remember hearing a story about a guy who had, like, hiccups for something like 17 years. And the thing that finally cured him was he paid, prayed to the patron saint of lost causes. And that's what cured him. But it sounds like you have to wait till you've exhausted every other opportunity before you can actually apply to the lost cause thing. It, I mean, you can't just go to that as your first. Your first yeah, well, it's not a lost cause if it's your yeah, first option, is exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. So you have to wait that seven Replication's years. tricky it's on that It's not a very one. good cure, that one. Um, and other people expect to be hit with hiccup attacks several times a day, which makes them very uncomfortable because it, they know it's going to happen and it happens while they're at work and they're you know, oh, in the middle of doing their job and suddenly they get a, a bout of the hiccups. Um, but the rest of us can have spontaneous bouts of hiccups, which are often brought on by eating too fast, which is probably the most common one, I think, uh, drinking or eating too much. Um, <laughs> various noxious fumes can oh. cause hiccups in some people and some medications cause people to have hiccups as well. Really? Yeah. Uh, but there are also other causes, like uh, there's certain nerve diseases that affect the diaphragm, which causes people to have hiccups. Um, people who have stroke sometimes have permanent or temporary hiccups after their stroke. Um, various tumours obviously can interrupt the nerve uh, signalling. Uh, and ob- abdominal surgery 
can cause people to have hiccups. So they come to after their abdominal surgery and they've got hiccups and they can't get rid of them, which is a really tricky thing if you're trying to heal from abdominal st- surgery stitches to um, have the hiccups. Um, now, as I mentioned earlier, everyone seems to have their own remedy, which is often taught to them by their parents or their friends, um, but none of them are 100% effective. Um, d- depending on depending on who you ask. Um, the thing about yours, Chris, yep. just holding, just saying, I'll stop the next one, yep. is that eventually they'll go away. And so you think yours is like... No, because it's deliberate. You do the next one. You basically do. I ain't going to stop this. You're going to use my, all my willpower to stop the... Trust me. Trust me, it works. Anyway, Stu, carry mind, on. Mind over matter. Hmm. Um, so one study looked at more than 50 patients and tried various treatments, including breath holding and even medication, and none had any measurable, repeatable effect on getting rid of the hiccups. What? True. Um, so wow. many of the home remedies seem to focus on distraction. So drinking a glass of water backwards, like Claire suggested, uh, or standing on your head might take your mind off the hiccups and they will fade away. So hiccups mostly appear spontaneously or triggered, but they mostly just fade away. See, that's really interesting, the idea that it's this kind of automatic reflex and yet somehow your mind being on it is causing it to happen. But like, if, if distracting you is taking it away, implies that you're actually your conscious involvement is necessary for it to take place. Yeah, well, except it's not conscious because you can still have the hiccups while you're asleep too. So oh, good. that's good to know, good to know. Although it's difficult to get to sleep when you've got the hiccups. Um. So the spasms are triggered by the vagus nerve, which travels all over the body, and the phrenic nerves, which are connected more directly to the, uh, to the diaphragm. But one doctor thought that stimulating the vagus nerve might help to stop the, the, the symptoms of the hiccups. Well, so, you know, especially if it's, if it's running the whole thing, because we all know what happens in the vagus stays in the vagus. Dead air. So Dr. Francis M. Fezmeyer looked at a number of ways to stimulate the vagus nerve before finding a solution which has, according to his reports, a 100% success rate. Mind you, his 100% is seven patients. <laughs> so we'll, 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 still, we'll still give him, give him some credit. According to uh, Dr. Fezmeyer, the solution is... Digital rectal stimulation. (laughs) He says, the rectum contains numerous nerves connected to the vagus and the direct stimulation of those nerves causes the spasms to cease in the diaphragm. This sounds kind of a little bit surprising, I realise. It sounds a little bit like the distraction technique again, actually. Potentially, potentially, but... 100% though. Dr. Fesmeyer was awarded the Ig Nobel Prize in 2006 for his work, which is great work, Dr. Fesmeyer, yeah. for finding this solution to the, to the hiccup problem. So, yeah, whether it is just another distraction from uh, concentrating, and it certainly would be distracting, I imagine... Um, it's probably not a treatment for especially public cases of the hiccups. Especially if you're not expecting it. <laughs> well, that, that's, the, that's the old one. You've got to scare someone to get rid of their yeah. hiccups. That would certainly yeah. give them a surprise, yep. I imagine. Um, but, yeah, in, if, if you've got the hiccups in public, you might just opt for the, uh, the glass of water and wait for them to go away, I think.
traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop. Lost in science. I'm Maggie Adaren Pocock, and you're listening to Lost in Science on 3CR.
Yes, you are listening to Lost in Science. My name is Chris, and today the question we are asking is magnets, how do they work? Or, as the insane clown posse said in their song Miracles from 2010, um, effing magnets, how do they work? Um, I, I cleaned it up there, obviously. Um, and they also did clarify, they went on to say they don't want to talk to any scientists about it because they don't like scientists. <laughs> so I think they've kind of ruled out the real answer right away. So you're not going to send this along to the insane clown posse, Chris? I don't think it will. I don't think they're going to be interested, to be honest. But for the rest of you who've wondered, perhaps, how magnets work. Yeah, I've, I, I, I've wondered. Okay. Well, so let's, let's take on magnets. And the thing to know is that it's not really about magnets at all. It's about electricity. Okay. Yeah. So electricity and magnetism are clearly, they're very closely intertwined. You may have heard of electromagnetism. Yes. Yes. Um, This is because um, the electric force and magnetic force, they're basically the same force. But the only difference is that with electricity, you have electric charges, whereas, as far as we know, there are no such things as magnetic charges, also known as magnetic monopoles. So magnetics, magnets always come with a North Pole and a South Pole. You don't get a North Pole on its own or a South Pole right. on its own. Um, so, yeah, um, that's the difference between the magnetic force and electric force. What instead you get is the magnetic force is, is generated by the movement of electric charges or changes in, mm. in the electric field. So as a, the simplest example, if you have uh, a wire with electric current going through it, so electric current is nothing other than just electric charges moving along the wire, then that generates a magnetic field around the wire. It sort of circles around the wire. Uh, and that's, that's where magnets come from. Well, that's where electromagnets come from. That's obviously. right. Yeah, no, that's, there's, that's, there's magnets that yeah. come out of the ground, and they're yeah. already yeah. magnetic, and yeah. there yeah. isn't any electricity running okay. through them. Well, so okay, so that's that's the basic principle of where magnets come from. Now, there are other places where you can get electric charges moving. In fact, there are places where you can get electric charges constantly moving all the time, and this is inside atoms. Okay. Okay. Right. The electrons spinning around an atom. Yeah. Electrons orbiting the so electrons have a negative electric charge. They orbit the nucleus, which is positively charged. Now, are you saying that everything you know that's made up of electrons, which is everything, just has an electric charge? Then, well, a magnetic charge. a magnetic charge. Yeah. Well, um, it, well, okay. So, so the yeah, so kind of. So the 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 electrons are basically orbiting the the nucleus, um, and that's kind of it's like it is a quantum orbit. We should clarify there, but essentially they act like they're they're rotating around it. Uh, they have angular momentum, this kind of stuff. So they, yeah, they do have a magnetic field. Um, but even more fundamental than that, the um, the electrons themselves, the other particles, also have their own magnetic field because like an electron uh, which has an electric charge, remember, is spinning. Uh, again, it's a quantum spin. It's not exactly like normal spin, but it is basically behaves as if it's spinning. And so it has behaves like a little tiny, tiny, tiny magnet. And so do the protons and even the neutrons, uh, which have no net electric charge, but they're made out of charged quarks. And so um, a neutron actually has a magnetic, a magnetic field itself as well. So all these particles have their, their they are little tight, tiny magnets. Um, but it is the electrons that are most important because this is like we're talking about the, the scale of the structures of chemical substances. And that's, you know, in chemistry, it's electrons where all the action takes place, as we all know. So, yeah. Now, 
yeah, you're right. Like a simple electron orbiting a atom would have a, um, a magnetic field associated with it. But the thing is, you normally have a whole lot of electrons there, and they're actually kind of all going in different directions. The magnetic fields tend to cancel out. Um, but where they don't cancel out is when you have um, an electron that, that is not mashed up with and one that's spinning the other direction. So normally there's this thing called the, the Pauli exclusion principle. Basically it means that when you fill up all the little quantum levels inside an atom, you have to have uh, electrons each spinning in opposite directions. They can't be in exactly the same exactly the same state. When you have an unpaired electron, that is when, when the quantum levels are not full, you get an unpaired electron, and that's when you can have an actual magnetic substance, which is where your permanent magnets come from. You with me so far? I think so. So basically you have a little electron acting like a little magnet, and if there is another electron that's facing the opposite direction, then they'll cancel each other out. But um. if there's one electron on its own, mm-hmm. if it's unpaired, then it can behave a little magnet, and that atom will have a net magnetic. And then if there field. are lots of those atoms a together, lot, yeah. Yeah. then that then makes a magnetic yeah. substance. So basically there's some substances that have got Unpaired. leftover unpaired electrons and other substances that have all of the electrons are paired so they're not very magnetic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's different processes that happen when you expose these things to a magnetic field. Now, um, there are substances that are called paramagnetic, and these are ones that essentially what happens is when you apply a magnetic field to it, then the, the electrons line up with the magnetic field and they, they contribute to it. They kind of boost it as well. But And these are substances like oxygen, like liquid oxygen, for instance, will behave like paramagnetically. So it's attracted to magnetic fields and it will the, the electrons will line up in this way. But in these substances, when there's no magnetic field there, when you take away the magnetic field, then they kind of, they're all pointing in random directions. But ferromagnetic substances, which is like your iron, which we make often your fridge magnets and things out of, um, they, the, their electrons like to actually line up with each other. So if you have no magnetic field applied, they'll still want to try and line up with each other. And what happens is, of course, they're not going to magically line up throughout the whole material. You get little areas where they're all lined up, and then but next order that there'll be ones where they're lined up pointing in a slightly different direction. And these kind of regions are called domains. They're like miniature microscopic magnets inside the the iron. So you know they all have a bunch of them all pointing in one direction, um, but yet yeah, the whole substance is not pointing in the same direction. And when you apply a magnetic field to one of these substances, then they all try and line up to the magnetic field. Like the domains that are pointing in the same direction, they will actually get bigger. They'll take over territory from their neighbours. Some of the others will try and turn around to line up with the magnetic field. And then when you take away the field, um, then they will stay pointing in that direction and you can ha- you'll have it basically keeping that magnetic field, which is where you get a permanent magnet from. Mm. Does this all make sense? It's 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 making more sense than it ever has before, Chris. Well, but this is basically all it is. So it's it's not. Um, I guess the point is uh, this is the way magnetic fields work. It's not about it's not about um, magic as you might have thought. It's not a miracle, as you saying, class clown posse said. It's it's basically just electricity, but at the level of atoms and the way these these spinning electric particles give us the magnetic fields that we that we that we enjoy and that we stick to our fridge.
that's all we've got time for on this episode of Lost in Science. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. Lost in Science is recorded at the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. If you want to talk to us, talk back to us, uh, you can get in touch. We have a Gmail account, lostinsight at Gmail. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and on the Facebook. Uh, and if that's not enough lost in science for you, you can always tune in again next week where the team will once again get lost in science. listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.